How do you prioritize your day? Do you have a systematic schedule of events that you do every day or every week to make sure that you're making the most out of your time and the most out of your money? Um, or do you kind of do things as they come up? In today's episode of Real Estate Success Podcast, The Whistle Way, Kyle and I break down what a, a ideal weekly schedule looks like, uh, how a general version looks like, and we break down priorities of Fill in your calendar this way from top to bottom. That's this week on the Wistway Podcast. Kyle, one of the things that the real estate exam does is it teaches agents or people that become agents how not to get sued. But what it doesn't teach them is how to run a profitable real estate business. We had a huddle today hosted by uh, one of our phenomenal sales agents, Mike Proctor, and he really talked about uh, kind of this this dichotomy of every real estate agent is an employer and an employee, right? They're the ones that make the schedule, but they're also the ones that do the tasks. And I think people are okay with that, but a lot of times real estate agents go, okay, I'll do the tasks, I just don't know what to do. Um, and so what I wanna talk about on today's podcast is what should people do on a daily basis? What does that look like? Um, I think a lot of people listening are like me and they need structure. And if I live within structure, I can do really well. But when I have this nebulous, you know, do things and make money, it doesn't work well for me. So I would like you to kind of break down the ideal weekly schedule for our podcast today. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. And, and just to touch on that huddle from this morning, it was really cool because everybody gets in this business because they want to be their own boss. Mm -hmm. What they forget is they're also their own employee. And if you think about running a business, if you're the boss... If you have employees, you're going to tell the employees what to do, when to do it, how to do it, why to do it, all of that. But far too often, we forget about that side of it, that yes, we are the boss, but we are the employee too. And we lose sight of the fact we're the only employee of the company. Yes. Yeah. So if, you, if you're running your own team of one and you're like, man, my employees suck. <laughs> you are the employee that sucks. So yeah, today it's going to be fun. We're going to dive into... You as the boss, what should you tell you as the employee to do on a daily basis? And we're going to give you the exact framework that I recommend to our agents inside of our team. And you'll have an opportunity to get a copy of it as well. And we'll not only talk about the what, but the why behind it, because I think that's equally as important. A thousand percent. Cool. Well, my name is Kyle Whistle. I'm your host with eXp Realty here in San Diego. And I'm Brian Kochi, Director of Marketing here at Whistle Realty Group. The goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics. Go out there and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. So if you ever have a question, we would love to have more questions submitted. You can always go to thewhistleway.com, thewhistleway.com, ask us questions on there, subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, join our referral network for all the people leaving California. And you can get on our private Facebook group and email newsletter where we share a lot of tips and tricks of things that you're working on here inside of our team. All of that at thewhistleway.com. Also, if you wanna level up your content creation strategy, uh, you can get dialed in with our Media Mayor Mastermind where Brian and I teach everything we've learned over the last eight plus years. There's tons of recorded content. We're adding new content regularly and we do a bi-weekly uh, live mastermind Q&A as well in there. So all of that at thewhistleway.com. All right, let's jump in. So um, ideal weekly schedule. Yep. I see you've got a calendar in front of you. Yeah. Let's first start talking about what days do you work and what days do you not work? What, what, what days should a real estate agent work and what days should a real estate agent not work? Yeah, so this is where I see that there's a big divide. There's agents who, most of the agents that I hear, 
that are like, yeah, this just isn't working out for me. You know, I just, I'm not getting anything going. I need more leads. That's usually what they say, like whatever. Then there's the agents who are like absolutely crushing it and doing one deal after another, after another. And if you actually just stop and ask them how many hours, like Brian, out of curiosity, how many hours a week are you truly working on real estate? Like head down, staring at a computer or on the phone or at an open house, at an appointment, like truly, truly working on real estate, not just like responding to a random text here and there, like truly working on it. Most of the agents that are flailing, it's like 20 to 30 hours a week. Most of the agents that are thriving, it's 50 hours a week, plus or minus 10. It's usually, we'll call it 50 to 60 probably on average. Like, I think that's where a lot of people actually struggle with this. Now, look, over time, I'm not working 50 or 60 hours a week, but I've done this for almost 20 years of my life now. Like, over time, sure, you can taper, right? But you don't get to do that day one. Like, get the fuck out of here if you think that you can come in and do 20, 30 hours a week and crush. Like that's something that's earned over time. Now, look, I understand you, maybe you have another job you're transitioning out of. Okay, there's there's some understanding there. Um, but most agents, if this is your full-time job and you're putting 20, 30 hours a week in, like we opened, if you were the boss and you had an employee who only worked 20 or 30 hours a week, you can't expect to get full-time results from a part-time employee. Damn it. I was literally writing down my phrase I was going to use, and you used half of it. <laughs> Go ahead with the other half. Uh, so part-time effort equals part-time results. It does. And so, it, it, I mean, you can compare. If you're putting in 20 to 30 hours here, you compare it to putting 20 to 30 hours in a, a minimum wage job, you'll probably make about the same. You'll make yeah, 20 hours worth yeah. of work. you make 20 hours. Like That's just the way that this works. So I think a lot of people don't come into this realizing that anytime you're new in something, you have to work extra hard. Because you have to actually put more time in than somebody who's established. Because when they're established, they already know what to do. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. So you got to spend part of the time figuring out what you're doing and then part of the time actually doing it. Where once you're like, right, I've done this for almost 20 years. Like, I know what I'm doing. I just need to do it now. But in the beginning, you're having to spend a lot of time. Wait, what does this mean? What is like, you know, your client says some phrase and you're like, wait, what the hell was that? Like later on, you get home, you got to like look it up to make sure you know what they were talking about. Like once you've done this long enough, you're not doing that anymore. So if anything, you got to come into this thing expecting to put in more than full-time hours, which is why I'm saying 50 to 60 hours a week, because you're, half of what you're doing is just educating yourself and figuring out what to do, like what you're doing. And then the other half is actually doing it. Yeah. Adrian, we had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, talked about that same exact thing. He was working, what, 12, 14, 16 hours a day for the first year or so of his business. Now he's tapered down to a manageable eight to 10 hours a day, uh, probably nine days a week. Uh, but that's why he went from no real estate experience to number one on our team uh, within two and a half years of being in real estate. Uh, so if you want to check out that podcast, uh, that was a couple of weeks ago about, and I think it's titled something along the lines of, how my number one agent became or has been in the business for less than 30 months or two and a half years, something like that. Yeah. How about just DM me at Kyle Whistle? It'll be a lot easier. All right. DM Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll just send it to you. It's fine. We'll make it easy on cool. everybody. Um, so I think that's where a lot of people make the mistake is not understanding how much time they actually have to put in. And I've always been baffled when I ask somebody like, they're like, it's just not working. It's not clicking. 
And then you ask, and they're working 20 to 30 hours. Like, so I think that's a big part. You, when you come into this thing, you got to come into this understanding that you're going to have to put in full-time hours plus hours to educate yourself if you want to get full-time results. Like, it's not, this is not a 40-hour-a-week job if you want to be at the top. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to put in a lot more work to make that happen. And so how long would you say, so, okay, say I want to get into real estate and I sit down with my wife and I say, Victoria, I want to do this. I don't want to do this, please. But you I say, I want to do this. One time. I did. Uh, and then I, I say, because I know Mike did this with his wife. And he said, for the next year, you're not going to see me much. And, and this is my goal and this is my why. How long do you think for putting in 50, 60, 70 hours a week is enough to get you up and running and moving? A year. A year. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think one year, if you really do it, because you're going to, most of what you're going to learn in this is on the job training. Mm-hmm. Like, Lord knows all the, the test and stuff you have to pass, at least in California, obviously I haven't done it in any other states, but the things they teach you to get licensed are 95% useless. So everything you learn is going to be on the job. Like that's when you're going to learn this stuff. You're going to learn about inspections when you go to your first inspection. You're going to learn about the appraisal when you go to your first one. Like so much of this is on the job training, just like, you know, boxing, right? Like you don't know how to box till you get in the ring and somebody actually punches back at you. Like that's when mm-hmm. we figure out if you know how to box or not. You you can't call yourself a good boxer if all you've ever done is hit a speed bag. Like that I'm not good not at that either. You know how to box. Like we're <laughs> going to figure it out when you get in the ring and somebody punches you back and see how you react to it. Like this is no different. Um, so I would say truly, if you get into this and you really, really make like that first year that you're going to go overboard with it, now you're going to do a decent amount of transactions in that first year, which is where you're really going to learn. And it, it, the learning never stops, right? Like I'm still learning new stuff every single day. But the heavy learning curve, I would say, is that first 12 months. Okay. So 60, 70 hours, first 12 months. 50 Let- to 60. 70 is pretty aggressive. 80 to 90 hours yeah. per day, the first, the first 12 years. <laughs> 50 to 60, that's what I'm going to tell you guys. Okay. Um, all right, so what does the calendar look like? Yeah, so I want to break this down to you guys in kind of order of importance because when you build this calendar where I see a lot of newer agents make the mistakes is just not having their priorities straight. So we got to think about like what your goal is in this industry. How much money do you want to make? Most agents, 100,000 is their number. So we're just going to run with that, right? We've got other agents that have significantly higher goals and we don't actually hire them if they have lower goals. So um, for our team, we want everybody in our team to make 100,000. Like we want that to be like the minimum standard of where where people want to aim for. So let's assume we're trying to come into this thing and make $100,000 a year. The easy way to figure this out is if, assuming you worked 40 hours a week times 50 weeks, that's 2,000 hours. Like okay. if that's where we're trying to get to, right? You have to work at the level where you want to get to, not where you're at. So that's where we want to get to. We have to think that way from day one. That Makes one's sense. important. If you want to get to the point where you're making 100,000, you have to run your business like you're making 100 before you're making the 100. Otherwise, you're never going to get there. So if you just do simple math, 50 uh, weeks, 40 hours a week. Now, again, we're telling people in the beginning, again, I have to put a little more effort in, but let's just work with work with me on this. So $100,000, 50 times 40 is 2,000. So take $100,000 divided by 2,000, it's 50. So $50 an hour is that mark. If we want to make $100,000 an hour, we've got to make sure that we're doing $50 an hour activities or greater. Like that's how we're going to get there. So then we have to figure out all the different things that we have to do in our business in order to get us to that number. And so we, you always have to start top to bottom in order of, of priorities. Like what's the most important thing? I'll tell you all day long, family, religion, that's 1A and 1B. Interchange them however you see fit. Um, 
those trump everything. And when, when we work down this calendar, we can never replace family or religion. And you can never replace anything with something lower. You can only replace something with something higher. So if, if I have an appointment scheduled or if I have an office meeting scheduled and something goes down with my family, I don't care about that appointment. I don't care about that office meeting. Family takes priority, right? So that's, that's an example of what I'm talking about. Then here's where people make the mistake is then they, they look at this calendar, right? And now we've, we put all of our family stuff in and then we just look at the calendar and feel like, oh, I just got to fill this thing. I just got to fill it up. Like people just feel like if I can fill an eight hour day or a nine hour day, 10 hour day, whatever it is that they're working, like I just got to fill this thing up. Like, no, this is not just trying to fill it up. Maybe you worked at some like fast food job where you just try to get through the eight hours and survive. Like you got to have a mind a mindset shift. This is not just survive eight hours and call it a win and then you get a paycheck. It doesn't work that way here. You have to thrive through those eight hours. So how do you thrive, not survive your days? So we got to focus on what's the most important thing. And we actually did an episode where we talked about this, but figuring out what's the value of your time when you're prospecting, depending on your, your market, your price point, um, your splits, your average commission, all the different variables that factor into it. Most markets, your time when you're actually on the phone, like truly prospecting, it's worth 250 to $500 an hour in most markets when you're actually prospecting. Not like sitting there, well, who should I call? No, like you're dialing. Let boom, me download boom, the list. Boom, 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 dialing time. 250 to $500 an hour in, in most markets. So that arguably is the highest dollar per hour activity that we have. Therefore, that should be at the top. So that is going to come second, is actually being on the phones. And we can play around with that, like new prospecting versus follow-up. Honestly, I'm not even going to argue with you about that. Like if you're just on the phone talking to people for like Evan is one of our rising stars on our team. He spoke up on our fast forward mastermind this morning. He's on track to make like $250,000 in his first year. You know what though? He's calling for two hours a day, every single day, every day, no matter what, whether he feels good or he feels bad, whether he's having a good hair day or a bad hair day, whether he's <laughs> feeling skinny or he's feeling fat, right? Whether it's rainy or sunny, it doesn't matter. He's calling for two hours a day, every single day. Like no I matter love what. That those are the, those are the things uh, not like whether he's low on battery. No, it's just like, if you feel fat, still call. <laughs> if you feel skinny, still call, like just call, just fucking call. Um, so prospecting and look, as long as you're on the phone two hours a day and you're talking to human beings, you're going to be great. So you got to have that. That's number two on there. We can call it two A, two B is like prospecting and follow up. Then appointments. Now people, a lot of times will like supplant prospecting with appointments. No appointments come below prospecting. Cause what happens is you get in, if you're listening on YouTube, I'm kind of doing a little, I'm sorry, if you're listening on a podcast, like I'm doing this little scale, right? Like you push down on one side, the other side lifts up and so on and so forth. What happens all the time is, is people start getting some appointments and deals going and they, the prospecting falls because the appointments lift. And then all of a sudden those appointments and deals close and then there's no deals in the pipeline. And then the prospecting picks up when the deal flows back down to nothing and you're teeter tottering this thing all the time where it should be balanced. And that's how you get the roller coaster of if income. You, if you, yeah, if you're teeter tottering on a scale, you get a roller coaster of income because you prospect heavy and you get a bunch of appointments and deals going and you focus on those and you stop prospecting. Well, guess what? You stop prospecting. As soon as those deals are closed, there's no money coming in for a while. And now you got to start up again. And it's hard too. like, 
you know, you you gotta you think about these guys that like will literally pull a car with like their teeth, like these crazy things. Like it's really hard to get that car moving. Once the car is moving, it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's this is it's uh, easy. Once the car is moving, yeah, this it's momentum. It's just very simple physics at that point. Once it's moving, it doesn't take nearly as much effort. Um, it's no different with this. Like once you're in motion, it just keeps going and going. So um, we got to have prospecting and lead follow-up have to be non-negotiables at least two hours a day, every day, no matter what. I don't care how you feel. Don't tell me that you don't know who to call. You can circle prospect. We actually did a good mastermind on that today. If you want it, DM me. I'll send you a link to the recording. Um, just got to be talking to people two hours a day. Now, does it have to be on the phone? Not necessarily. If you were door knocking, if you were you know, talking to other business owners, trying to network, like just got to be talking to people for two hours a day. Ideally, one hour brand new people, one hour lead follow-up would be ideal. But two hours a day, no matter what, we got to be talking to people. Like most important thing. Then comes the appointments. Then comes the appointments. And then here's the cool thing. If I, I actually block out appointments, and again, I'll send you guys this, this magic calendar here. Um, I block out, I have morning appointments and I have afternoon appointments in here because you're going to have some people who can meet in the morning and some who only meet after work. So I like to stagger and have appointment blocks and I fit people into my appointment blocks. If you guys think about this, like you make the same amount of money as a freaking doctor in this industry. I don't know about you, but last time I called a doctor, the doctor wasn't like, so Kyle, when would you like to come in? They're like 9 p.m. on Thursday. (laughs) Like, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> the, the doctor is like, oh, ask him. Quite, okay, great. And you don't even talk to the doctor. You're talking to, you know, one of their staff. And the staff members like, okay, well, Dr. Whistle has, you know, tomorrow at 4 o'clock or the next day at 6 o'clock. Like, that's what they do. And then you pick one. Mm-hmm. Why are we running any different? We make the same amount of money as a doctor. Why are we not running our business like a doctor? So I have set appointment blocks and I fit my clients into it. And I simply ask a client are mornings, afternoons, or weekends best for you? Now, for me personally, because I've earned the right, weekends aren't an option anymore. It's mornings or afternoons. And guess what? When I cut out, and I cut off Fridays. So now it's only Monday to Thursday, and it's mornings or afternoons. And and you'll notice evening's not an option. Guess what? I haven't had a problem ever. People find a way to make it work, just like they do with the doctor. So when the only options I give them are mornings or afternoons, Monday to Thursday, guess when my appointments happen? Mornings or afternoons, Monday to Thursday, and the slots that I have. And I fit them into my calendar. So I have set appointment blocks in here, but then we said you can only replace things with those that are higher on the list. Well, guess what? If I have an appointment block on here and I don't have any appointments, there's only a couple things I can replace it with. Prospecting, family, or religion. That's it. Orly follow right? Like those are the only things I can replace it with. So I like to have set appointment blocks. My goal as I'm prospecting is to fill all these blocks. And if I don't fill them, that means I need to put some more time into prospecting. How long do you set your appointment blocks for? Um, So it's going to depend, right? Buyers typically about 30 minutes per property. And it obviously depends like what part of town and size of home and stuff like that. But approximately 30 minutes per property. Sellers, I go 90 minutes. So if I'm going on a, a bona fide, legit listing appointment, now there's unique listing appointments where like maybe it's a for sale, a FISBO or FURBO or something where I'm just coming to check out the house real quick, far less time. 
but a true listing appointment, 90 minutes. And that's, you're accounting for 90 minutes at the house. At the house. So that way you add another two hours on average of, of total time. Cool. So it's a big commitment to go on one. Um, but yes, those are, that's a very high dollar per hour activity beyond those appointments. And you should probably have, do you say one as you're starting out having one appointment block on your calendar or should you put two? Should, I have should you one put, per day. Okay, and they one per day. alternate. And again, I'll send you guys a copy of this, but they alternate between morning and afternoon. Perfect. So, um, and some have both. So like on Monday, I have a morning one and an afternoon one. Um, Tuesday, I just have an afternoon one. Um, Wednesday, I got a morning one. Or Friday, I have morning ones. Like Again, I'll send this all out. Cool. But they, they alternate uh, morning, afternoon, morning, afternoon. And I find typically there's more need in the afternoons than there is in the morning time. But there are definitely people who will do morning appointments. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, so retired people and stuff all the time. So family prospecting appointments. Yep. What's next? Uh, let's see. I didn't write them in order on here because I'm just looking at it. <laughs> I know I have a list somewhere else where they're in order. Um, you'll notice we haven't gotten to like checking emails and all of that stuff yet. Um, what do you call that? Admin work or office, office work? work? Yeah. So. We're, we're going to start where these start to be weighted relatively equal. The other things that, that are going to fill into here, um, meetings. I like there's certain meetings that I'm like, I go to every week. Meetings I go to um, within our group at EXP called Fast Forward Movement. We have a mastermind every Monday. Like that's a non-negotiable for me. I'm on there every week. And then our team meeting that we have every week, like that's a non-negotiable that's in there. So there should be, you know, one or two meetings per week that are like, non-negotiable because again i don't know everything i'm always learning new stuff i learned a bunch on our mastermind today so uh i don't ever settle for like all right i I got this down i'm always looking to acquire one or two little nuggets every week little things whether it be a tactical change or just a mental change that i can make to improve myself so um i like to have some meetings in there there's the office work time right so you do have to check emails and stuff but what you'll you'll notice when you see this is prospecting is always going to come first before office work because there's one there's scientific uh data that proves that the answer rate on phone calls from like 8 to 10 9 to 11 depending on which one you look at is one of the best times to call also a saying that stuck with me for a long time is that the phone gets heavier as the day goes on it is so similar to the gym like i and now everybody's a little bit different but for me to try to go to the gym after work, there's so much that's going to happen from the time I wake up until my six o'clock gym, you know, appointment. Like that's so hard. Like if I have a good day or a bad day or I'm exhausted or I'm frustrated, like I'm way less likely to go to the gym at 6 p.m. versus doing it at 5 a.m. Like 5 a.m. Nothing's gone in the way. Like I if I want to work out in the mornings, I do it every morning. It's like clockwork. I wake up. And I get changed and I go work out and it happens every day, no matter what, like it's, it's very easy. Whereas if I try to put it at the back of the day, the, the probability of me working out every day goes down substantially. And I think phone calls are the same way. It's so much easier to do in the morning time than to do in the afternoon time. So I'm a huge fan of like making the calls early in the morning and pushing, um, office work off. I want to have a clear head when I go into those phone calls. I don't want to be thinking about all these escrows and all the other nonsense that's going on. Like, let me stay focused on the people that I'm talking to and having really high quality conversations. And I, I'm going to get a lot better results out of it. It's crazy how quick a simple text or email can derail you. I, 
dealt with this yesterday. I dealt with this today of just something pops up and it said, hey, why is this? And I go, I don't know. And then I spiral on that and I'm like, I need to be writing this email. I need to be doing that or, or whatever, right? I need to be editing this video and then I'm spiraling and, and I can't, at least me, I don't know about you, but I can't get stupid little things out of my head. Uh, Rachel, our director of sales once told me, I think about this every week. She's like, don't, if you would, if you didn't, don't let the little things bother you, life would be so much better. I'm like, you're right. I just can't figure out a way to make that not happen. Yeah. So being able to say, Hey, I'm focused. I don't have to deal with the shit of the day yet. And I can deal with exactly what I listening and talking and having true conversations. I, I mean, if you think about it yourself, I, I know you're going to have that same opinion. Absolutely. Um, a couple other things that are on here that I think are really important to make sure you have in your calendar. Um, I'm going to put this one right below appointments is open houses. Like, especially if you're brand new, I'm all for anything I can do to meet as many people as possible face to face. And I get an excuse to put my signs up around the neighborhood. I get an excuse to knock on doors. I get an excuse to call people in the neighborhood. I get an excuse to shoot content at a house. Like there's so many amazing things that come out of it. So open houses are going to be right there below um, appointments. And then that's where all the other stuff starts to come in. Office work, checking emails, all of that, following up on deals. Um, I like to have a little time in my calendar for business building. I think you should spend at least an hour a week checking in on your business. You should have a business plan. You should check in on that for an hour every single week. And if you're just a solo agent, you should check on that with another solo agent. Like find an accountability buddy or accountability buddy is a term. Um, find somebody to help hold you accountable. Um, you should have process, or I'm sorry, you should have role play in your calendar. Um, I, on our team, our agents role play on the phones every day and they role play in person every week. So I'm really big on making sure that you know what to say when you actually make these phone calls, because you've got to know, like we talk about football analogies all the time. Like these football players, they train for like two to 3000 hours a year so that they can perform for the 17 games that count. And then they're only on the field for less than half of those games. So it's like eight hours of game time in an entire year, but they train two to 3000 hours. So they perform at an optimum level during that. And then I would just listen to something about Usain Bolt. And he's like, I trained my entire life so that I could run fast for nine seconds. Like oh, it's kind of crazy when like the football thing is eight hours a year. Usain Bolt's just got to run for like nine seconds. That's crazy. But he's training like crazy so he can be the best for nine seconds. Like it's pretty <laughs> wild to think about that. Um, but here we are, like we piss and moan over, prospecting for or role playing for like 30 minutes a day. It's kind of crazy. So you need to make sure that you role play so that you know, when they say this, I respond with that. When they say that I respond with this, you know how to overcome all of those objections. Nothing catches you off guard and you're just as cool as a cucumber. And it's just very free flowing conversations so that when you are prospecting your conversion rate increases and now your dollar per hour on that activity shoots through the roof. On when, when you recommend, so we talked about, this number, 2,000 hours a year, $50 per hour activities. Do you recommend people work seven days a week for those? those? And you even said 50, 50 weeks a year. We know there's 52. So talk a little bit about downtime. Yeah, I, this is an area. And, and you know, Adrian and I, I, in coaching sessions, I've made sure he actually is working on that, right? That's an area for improvement for him. Um, you got to have some downtime. 
Like I literally have happy hour on my calendar. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's nine hours long. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> I have happy hour on my calendar. I think it's important. Now your happy hour could be whatever it is, whether it's at a bar or with the family, that's fine. I don't care. Um, whatever your happy hour is, but you should have that on there. Um, I think it's really important that you take some time off it, in the calendar that I'll, I'll share. Um, you'll see it has all seven days on here. You're obviously going to, this is just giving you some framework. You're going to adapt this to your schedule, your life. But I like taking either Thursday or Friday off. Those tend to be slower days. Um, and then do a half day on one of those. So if I'm getting up and running, I'm like, I'm five and a half days a week is what I'm working. So, um, doing something to where I'm off like Thursday and I'm maybe doing a half day on Friday or vice versa. That's where I feel like the sweet spot is. And Sorry, guys, like Saturday, Sunday's when you work. Now, again, if religion, depending on your religion, maybe Sunday's the day you just don't work. And I, I respect that. So you're going to adjust accordingly. Um, but then I'm working Fridays, right? If Sunday's a religious day for you and you just don't work on that day, cool. Or Saturdays. Right. Whatever, you know, whatever it is, if family, again, those trump everything. But ideally, let's just assume that you don't have any other commitments. You're working every Saturday, Sunday. Like that's when you make the money. That's when you're doing your most appointments. That's when you're doing your open houses. Um, that's when you be out there door knocking, doing your thing. So Saturday, Sunday are very, very important days. Like you don't get to take weekends off when you're new. I'm sorry. Like again, family religion. Yes. Outside of that. No, you work the freaking weekends. That's when you make your money in this industry. Um, yeah, you got to give that stuff up for a little while. As Gary Vee says, you got to eat shit for a while. That first year, eat some shit and do a bunch of open houses on the weekends. Go do door knocking on the weekends. Go show houses on the weekends. Like that's what you do. Um, now cool. Like stack your stuff early so you can like go out Saturday night. That's fine. Like cool with me. Um, and then maybe you do a late day Sunday. So you have some recovery time Sunday morning. That's cool too. Um, but you're working Saturday, Sunday, like that is the most important time. Again, I, on Saturday, Sunday, I love either doing open houses, going on appointments or door knocking. Um, those are, are huge. And then also doing some prospecting. Sometimes you have people you can't get a hold of during the week and now you can get a hold of them on the weekend. Um, and my prospecting blocks you'll see are, I have some daytime or morning prospecting blocks and I do have some afternoon ones just to try to catch people in the afternoon again, every day in the morning. And then also a few in the afternoon just to try to catch the people who can't answer the phone early. Yep. Um, and I know this isn't on the necessarily weekly calendar, but it's falls in line with downtime. When do you recommend people take a week off or, or two weeks off? Yeah, so I've always taken a week off from Christmas to New Year's. In my opinion, that's the best week of the year to take off. It's by far the slowest week. Um, there's just most people are checked out that week. So I love that week um, for taking time off, like if you want to take a full week off. And then I just like having some, you know, take a turn a three day weekend into a four day weekend sometime. Like you have your, your kids have some time off, like trying to stack stuff maybe around Easter, maybe around Thanksgiving. Um, trying to do it around some of those bigger holidays where a lot of people are off, try to do it around that same time. Very cool. Yeah. A lot of people just go off the grid during those times. So, well, and, uh, and the title and escrow are closed Christmas Eve, Christmas day, New Year's Eve, like I would think. Yeah. Um, so you're already, you're already stacked with a bunch of days that you can't do anything on anyway. Yep. So yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Um, again, if you guys want a copy of this thing, DM me at Kyle Whistle. This is going to be... I get slaughtered on this one. It's fine. Um, but do that on Instagram, not on YouTube, not on Facebook. Not yeah, on yeah. Let's be clear. DM me on Instagram. Yep. Don't, if you comment on YouTube or anything, we're not going to be able to get it to you. DM me on Instagram. I'll send you 
whatever I mentioned today, the, the podcast episode with Adrian, if you want this ideal weekly schedule, or if you want the mastermind where we talked about circle prospecting today, which is where you're calling around a neighborhood, I'll send all of that to you. And that's going to be a big message. I'm just going to save a keyboard <laughs> shortcut. Cool. And we'll be good to go. Very so, good. Cool. Hopefully this is helpful guys. Um, but again, don't expect to make full-time income if you're putting in part-time hours. Like you got to go full-time plus education. This is like when you're in college and you have a full-time job. Think about it. It's like that all over again. Um, but that's how you're going to get yourself to being the next Evan. That's how you're going to be the next Carly, next Adrian. These agents on our team who are making two fifty, five hundred, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's what they've all done their first year. You got to work your freaking face off to get up and running, get that ball in motion, and then it gets a whole lot easier after that. Wonderful. Cool. Well, hopefully you guys got some value out of the show today. If you did, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button, let YouTube know. Um, if you want more of our content, hit subscribe and the little notification bell. YouTube will let you know anytime we drop a new episode. And if you have questions, you can throw them in the comment section on there. Brian and I personally respond to all of those comments. If you are listening on a podcast platform, make sure you hit the subscribe button. And if you could write a little review on there, those reviews are very valuable to us and are very much appreciated. Um, so if you can hook us up on there. And... With that said, before we wrap, we like to do something we call our whistle widget of the week. This is something we utilize in our business that saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have a little bit more fun. So mine this week is a, uh-oh, I don't know if they're nationwide. They might be San Diego only. Oh, I guess we're going to find out real quick. Uh, we'll figure it out. So mine is a app and a company that uh, I utilize. Whenever you get something done, you should get multiple quotes, Right. Uh, this is true when you're getting your roof done, when you're getting your backyard done, whatever. Well, I'm in the process of selling a car and I talked to a buddy of mine and he's like, oh yeah, I took it to CarMax and I took it to this place and this place and this place. And th I'm like, I'm not driving this anywhere. Uh, there's a app or a company that I use, again, at least here in San Diego. I don't know where they are, but if you're in San Diego, what's up? Uh, it's called Driveway Auction. And what's really cool is they come, they send someone out to your house uh, or wherever your car is. They'll do a quick inspection of it. They'll check the Carfax. They'll they'll take pictures of any dings and dents and whatever. And then they'll take it to their um, their list of dealers. They have 40 dealers that they then bid on the price of your car. And so they get your car up to 40 different options. Um, and then you get the highest and best and go through. And as I'm talking about this, I think this is a San Diego or SoCal thing only. But what you can take from this is, uh, I don't know. See if they have it in your area. But I like driveway auction. I think they charge you a couple hundred bucks, but you're going to get more money at the end. Cool. Damn it. I didn't realize that until halfway the through. The rest of the world, Brian, doesn't care about you is what he's saying. Or, yeah, that's about a hit. <laughs> All right, mine. I just got back from an epic Vegas weekend. Uh, what I love is one of my biggest frustrations about um, the Vegas experience, or really any hotel experience for that, is the check-in process. It is the most annoying thing ever to have to like stand in a line and then wait to be called and you get called up and then somebody, I mean, it's like they're typing a whole book trying to just put you into a room. It's like the most ridiculous <laughs> thing. Like, Kyle's wearing a black shirt. Are those palm trees? Palm trees? Like, Ugh. come on, let's go. <laughs> it's so stupid. I, I don't know what they're doing on the other side of that counter, but you stand there for like 10 minutes and they just keep typing and typing and typing. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? So most hotels now, um, the bigger name hotels, at least in Vegas, MGM, when 
Um, all these hotels all have their own apps now. Like we stayed at the Win this time and it let me know like, hey, your room is ready. I got a digital key. Um, it, it's fantastic. Some hotels you can check in online and you get there. They have like a little self-serve kiosk where there's no lines, just like at the grocery store where like people are terrified of self-checkout. Same thing at the hotels. People are terrified of these self-checkout kiosk or self-check-in kiosk. Um, everybody stands in line like an idiot. It's kind of like the airport. Everybody stands in line instead of getting TSA because they think it's a big process when it's like literally fill out an application and do a five minute interview and you have it. Sound familiar, Brian? Um, so I have TSA. You just global, put my information wrong. Global entry. I don't have that. Um, people overthink this stuff. So make sure whatever hotel you're staying at, download their app. Odds are you can check in online completely and have a digital key or potentially check in online and just print a key out when you get there and not have to wait in the normal line with everybody else. So just whatever hotel it is you're staying at, their app to see if they have an app. And it could save you a massive amount of time and headache. And if you don't stay at hotels or you don't go to Vegas, Kyle doesn't care about you. That's what, that's the lesson I got out of that. <laughs> nice try. Appreciate A for F for Brian. Thanks. All right, cool. We appreciate you guys all tuning in. Again, I'm Kyle Whistle with EXP Realty here in San Diego. I'm Brian Kochi. We'll see you next week.